discussing if someone stole a land from his friend and the thieves stole it from him. If it's a situation in the entire country, then he tells him, here it is, it's not my fault. And if they only stole it because of the thief himself, then the thief has to pay the original owner another field. And the Gemara explained, we're talking about a situation where he pointed out this uh, field to the thieves, and that's why he has to pay the original owner another land. And we saw a case where someone pointed out a pile of wheat to thieves, and Rav Nahaman charged him. And the question was, did he charge him? Did he obligate the, the, the person who pointed out the, the pile? Did he obligate him as a fine, or as, or that's the halakha? And, and Rav Nahaman said, that's the halakha. And Rav Yosef asked Rav Huna, what's the difference? And he explained, we can learn halachot from one another. We can't learn fines from one another. And we tried explaining that we don't learn fines from one another from a Braytan in regards to the Metameh and the Menasech. And, they, and then they later on added the Medamea. It sounded like we don't compare uh, fines. And the Gemara explains, no, we do compare fines. In the beginning, didn't think we have to worry about people mixing people's fruits. And then he said, we do have to worry. And then we ended up learning uh, fines from one another. And with that, we're going to start Kofi Zayn Amud Aleph, nine lines in, where it says, Ini. Again, the Gemara is going to say that it, it, we don't learn fines from another. Is it true? Originally, when Hachami made fines, they said if someone's metame, someone's taharot, or he mixes teruma with tevel, that he has to pay. Then they revisit the case and they even added the person who makes someone else's wine, he has to pay. And it sounds like hazru in la hazru lo. It sounds like only because they revisited the case and they added the the menasech. But if they never revisited the case, then they never would have been gozer. My tama, what's the reason? It sounds like the reason is because we don't learn fines from one another. And the Gemara says, no, that, that wasn't the reason. Originally, they held like Rabbi Avin, that you're doing something for Avodah Zarah, you have a bigger problem on your head. And then they held like Rabbi Ramiya, that yeah, you were going to charge you for both. If someone shot an arrow on Shabbat, uh, four amot, and on its way it ripped someone's clothing, he's patur on the clothing because because when he let that arrow out of his hand, it was so he could land somewhere past four amot, and therefore you did something where you're hayav mitafor, you have to get killed for. He did Averan Shabbat of uh, moving something for Amot in Rishut Arabim. And therefore, we're not going to pay attention to that uh, silk that he ripped. Ulbasov, Savre Kirbinimia. In the end, Hachamim Halakirbinimia, the Amarabinimia, Mishata Gabaha Kanye. The minute the man picked up the wine, he acquired it, and and at that point he has to pay for the for the wine that he stole. However, but he, he's not deserving of getting killed or getting executed until he actually does the nisuch until he makes it yainesech. Uh, and the Gemara says a story of Huna Bar Yehuda Ikla Lebe Abione. Rav Huna Bar Yehuda went to a place called Abione. Did any situation come to you? You gave a halacha. So Amar le Rav Huna told Rav, Yisrael shenasuhu avde kochavim ve'ra'ah mamon havero. There was a Yisrael, a Jew, 
who Ovdeko uh, Chavim came to steal from him and he pointed someone else's uh, assets. But that came to, that case came to my to my betin and I charged him. I told him you have to pay. So Amar Le told him Ahadar Ovdale You got to give back uh, the, the money to the original owner. Yeah, meaning the person who pointed out the the, the other the other person's assets, you have to pay him. The Tanya Israel Shinas Wov Deko Khavim Viramamur Habero Patur because you're right, you you made a good connection to our Mishnah, but we have a Braita that says straight out that if Goyim came on a Jew to steal his money and he pointed out someone else's assets, Patur doesn't have to pay. But if he actually gave it to them, then he would be Hayav. And Amaraba imhirame atsmo kenasa venatan bayadame. And Raba explains that if he pointed the other person's assets on his own, meaning without an honest, didn't put a gun to his head, didn't force him, didn't do anything crazy, that's as if you gave it to them and therefore you'd be Hayav. And the Gmar says a story, there's a person who force him, they try and steal from him, pointed out the wine of Rav Mori, the son of Rav Pinhas, he was the son of Rav Hasda. But after that, they told him, Go pick it up and bring it with us. Uh, we're taking it to the to the palace or wherever it is. So Dara Vamte Bahadai. So he so this person picked it up and he brought it with Amata the Kamid Ravashe. The case came in front of Ravashe. Patrine he exempted him from paying. Amrede Rabanan Ravashe. So the rabbi told Ravashe, Why did you exempt him from paying? Then we said that if you actually gave it to the Goyim Yahayab, Amadeu Hanemile Hechadela Okme Ilave Meikara. He explained that's only when he gave to them without an onus. They, they weren't forcing. And he just put it in their hand. Then, okay, then he's hayav. But in the situation where they put it on him, meaning it was an onus, he had no other choice. And he already showed them the money. And now they're telling him, hey, bring it. That's mikle kalye. That's, you know, the, the, his money's already burnt. Meaning these goyim think it's already theirs and it's already gone. And uh, he, they're just telling him to pick up something random. So, and therefore he doesn't have to pay. So, we learned If a thief told a person, I want, can you go get me that bowl of yarn, bowl of wool, whatever it is that belongs to your friend? This cluster of grape that belonged to your friend, and you give them, he has to pay for it. Meaning, even though the Anas, even though the thief is the one who's pointed it out, and still the fact that you brought it, you're Hayav. So then why in this case you're Patur? So the Gemara explains. That case we're talking about where the thief was telling him to go get the, 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 the wool or go get the, the grape is on the other side of the river, meaning the, the thief himself can't get it himself, and therefore if you're helping him, you're Hayav. If you pay attention, look at the Baita. He said, handed over to me. It sounds like I'm far. I can't reach it. He didn't say, give it to me. Meaning, I can take it myself, but I want you to do it. No. Hoshitli, pass it over to me. You see that we're talking about a situation where the thief himself can't take it. And the rest is another case. There was this net for animals, for fish. Two people were fighting over this net. Each one says it belongs to me. 
Azal had minagum sarade paragna de malka. The one person said, you know what, never mind, I'm going to give it to the tax collector of the king. Amar Abaye, that the person who gave it is patur. Abaye explains that the reason the person who gave it is patur is because he could say, I gave what belongs to me to the king. I mean, I paid my taxes through with my money. Amar Abaye has a question, can he just do that? Meaning, no one ever said it's his. There was no psak al that it's his. How could he just take it and give it to the tax collector? This is money in doubt. You gotta go to Betty and you gotta figure this out. So, so the, the real the truth is we put him in Harim until he gets it back and we come to Betin and we figure out over there. And the Gemara says another story. A person wants to show Goyim another person's straw, let him steal his. This person came to Rav. Rav told him, don't show it, don't show it. So the person said, you know what, he was a chutzpah, I'm going to show it. So Rav Kana was in front of Rav at that point when he heard this. He broke his neck and by mistake killed him. Your children were killed. They, they lay to the rest in the middle of the street like a like a ownerless ox that was caught in a in a net. Over here they were fighting over the net. I love the same way this ox, once it falls into a net, they don't have mercy. The same thing with the money of Israel, the assets of a Jew. Once it goes to the Goyim, they're not going to be so nice about it, and it's good that Rav Kahana killed him. Tosfor explains the idea is because when you show Goyim someone else's assets, they're for sure going to take it. The Rosh explains, that once the goyim start taking money today, it's this tomorrow. They're gonna to find another excuse for something else. They're gonna take. They're gonna wipe out the, this person's entire assets once they're happy with it. The rosh explains the person is going to fight over his money. It could get bloody. It could get into murder. And this person who pointed out his money, it's like a rodef. It's like you're trying to get him killed, and therefore it's good that we killed him. So now with all that, Amar le Rav Rav told Rav Kana Kahana, Up until now, there was Persians. And they like up there, I mean, they don't care about if you kill someone, I kill someone, they don't care. Now, there's Greeks. They're very particular, they get very upset if someone kills someone, and they punish very rough or something like that. And they're going to call you murderer, murderer. You know what? Go to Israel. And accept upon yourself that you're not going to ask any questions to Rabbi Yohanan for seven years. That will be your kapara. So Azir of Kana went to Israel. He got the Shiva of Rabbi Yohanan. And he saw Rish Lakish reviewing the Shiur of Rabbi Yohanan. He was, he was reviewing the Shiur in front of the students. And Amar Lehu of Kana told the students, Resh Lakish Hecha, where is this Resh Lakish? Amru Le Amai. So they asked him, why, why do you need him? Amar Lehu, Rav Kana said, Hai Kushya, Vehai Kushya, Vehai Peruka. I have this question on him, I have this question on him, and this is the answer, Vehai Peruka, and he's not the answer on his, on his words. So Amru Le, the Resh Lakish, they told Resh Lakish all of Rav Kana's questions and answers. And Azal Resh Lakish, Amar Le Rabbi Yohanan, Resh Lakish, so Rabbi Yohanan, 
Ari alami Babel. There was a lion, or a lion was the lion that came up from Babel. mahar. You should really prepare tomorrow sure well. You never know what kind of questions and answers this Rav Kana is going to have. So the next day they put Afkana first row in front of Rabbi Yohanan. Amar Shemateta. Rabbi Yohanan talked about something. Vilakshen. Afkana didn't ask anything. Shemateta. Rabbi Yohanan said a different halacha. Vilakshen. Afkana didn't ask anything. So they moved them back seven rows. Until they put them in the back row. Amar de Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Shemuel Lakish. So now Rabbi Yohanan told us Lakish. This line that you talked about, it became a fox. So, so Rav Kana said, that the seven rows that they moved me backwards, should be instead of the seven years that Rav Kana said, I shouldn't ask any questions on Rabbi Yohanan. And at that point, Rav Kana stood on his feet. Rav Kana told Rabbi Yohanan, Nidar mor beresha. I want you to review Yeshua from the beginning. Amar shemateta, and Rabbi Hanan said the first uh, first lesson, the first halacha. Ve'akshe, and he asked him questions. Okay, maybe the rakamani put him in the first row. Amar shemata, and again Rabbi Hanan said another halacha. Ve'akshe, and Rav Kana asked him another question. Rabbi Hanan avayativ asheva bistarke. Rabbi Hanan was sitting on top of seven rugs, seven carpets, because he was so hashuv. Once the Rav Kana asked him his question, shall fele hada bistarka mitute. Rabbi Yohanan took off one rug from under him. Amar shematita ba'akshed. And again, Rabbi Yohanan asked, he gave a halakha, and Rav Kana asked a question. And again, they kept on taking off rugs. Adi shalfele kulehu bistarke mitute. Until they took off all the rugs from under Rabbi Yohanan. Adi ativ alara. Until Rabbi Yohanan was sitting on the floor. Rabbi Yohanan gavra sabahaba. Rabbi Yohanan was an elderly rabbi. And his eyebrows were covering his eyes. And he told the students, Can you please pick up my eyebrows so I can see this Rav Ka'ana? They picked up his eyes with the fork of silver. Rabbi Yohanan saw that Rav Ka'ana's lips were, were, were cracked, I guess they were wounded. And he thought that Rav Kana was laughing on him. Rabbi Yohanan felt bad, he got upset, and because of that Rav Kahana passed away. And there's a famous Rabbi Rabahi who explains that Rabbi Yohanan was always learning Torah, and when he felt bad he stopped learning Torah, and because you st- made uh, Rabbi Yohanan stop learning Torah for half a second, that's what caused uh, Rav Kahana to pass away. Very interesting. Okay, Lemahar Amal Dehu Rabbi Yohanan Rabbanan. The next day, Rabbi Yohanan told Rabbanan, Hazitu le Bablaichi Avid. You saw what this uh, this uh, Babli, he was making fun of me. Amrule Darkeachi. They told him, No, that's the way he looks. His lips are uh, cracked. Ah, Legabe Me'arta. So Rabbi Yohanan went to that cave where Rav Kahana was buried. And Hazada Aba Hadra Le Achana. He saw that there was a snake around the cave. And the snake had it uh, tightly sealed, he meaning he had his mouth and his tail sort of thing, where it, just, it was locked. So Amr the Rabbi Hanan told the snake, Achna, achna, petach pumich. Snake, snake, open your mouth. The rabbi wants to go to the student. And he didn't open, and the snake didn't want to open. So he said, Yikanes haver, it's haver. So then Rabbi Hanan said, a friend wants to go into a friend. And the snake didn't open. 
So then Rabbi Hanan understood, you can just tell me that Salah, the student wants to go to the rabbi, and the snake opened up, and Rabbi Hanan prayed, and Rav Kana came back to life. If I would have known that's the way you are, I, with your lips uh, cracked, I never, I, I never would have been upset. I would like you to come with me to the Midrash. If you could pray that I'll never pass away again, I'll come with you to the Midrash. And if not, then I'm not coming. I'm just going straight home. Uh, Rashi brings a perush where he said, I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to come back to life. But he disproves it because he proves that Afghanistan did end up going back home. And the idea is, Halif Shata Halif. You know, once I got a miracle, I got a miracle. I'm not going to always get a miracle. Meaning, next time this thing can happen again. So Tayre Okme. So Rabbi Yohanan woke up of Kahana and he asked him, Rabbi Yohanan asked of Kahana all the questions he had. And of Kahana answered for him. And Hainu de Amar Rabbi Yohanan Dilchon Amre Dilhonhi. And this is what Rabbi Yohanan meant to say. That I originally said that the Torah belongs to those in Israel because they never went through the whole exile. But when he saw Rav Kahana and he learned with them, he realized that no, the Torah also belongs to the people of Babel. They're also great. I the Hachamim. And the Gemara says another story. Someone showed Goyim. A piece of jewelry, silk, something that belonged to Rabbi Abba, and they stole it. So the three that I knew were Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Hanina, and Rabbi Tzhak. Rabbi Abba was also there. He was in front of them. So they wanted to make him guilty and make this person who pointed out the, the silk. He want, they wanted him to be Hayav Mehaditan. They want to prove it from in regards to Adayan who made a mistake if he said the person who was innocent guilty guilty innocent whatever he did he did he has to pay out of his own pocket meaning just by saying this is guilty when it's really innocent when it's really not Hayav just that, you're obligated to pay. So same thing over here. This person who pointed out the, the, the silk or whatever it is, he has to pay. Amr al-Hur bil'ar bil'ar, who sat in front of them, said, This is what Rav said. But that's only if the Dayan actually took it from one person and gave it to another person. Amr al-Hur so the Dayanim said, "Azil the Gabe the Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim the Rabbi Lazar ben Pedat the Dayanim did not agree." They told him, "Why don't you go to Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim and Rabbi Lazar ben Pedat?" They judge indirect damages. They'll obligate someone who damaged someone indirectly to pay. So Azal the Gabe or Rabbi Abba went to them, and really they obligated the the person who pointed out to pay. And where and what was their proof? from our Mishnah. It said, and We said in our Mishnah that if they stole the land because of the thief, they know the thief and they want to steal it from him, then the thief has to give the original owner another field. And we said we're talking about a situation where he pointed it out. So here he also pointed it out, and that's why they would obligate. And the Gemara says another story. A person 
he was watching a silver cup for someone. And thieves came into the house. All right, so he took it and he gave it to them. So the, the owner of the cup came to Rabba. Patra and Rabba said he's exempt from paying. Why would you exempt him? He's saving himself through his friend's asset. In the opposite, he should he should have to pay. If the person who's watching the cup is a rich person, then you understand that these thieves, they came because of him. They know this guy has money and they try to steal from him. And if he's not a rich person, then they came because of the silver cup. They knew it was by him and that's why they came. So, they, so that's why he would be exempt. And the Gemara says another story. A person was watching a wallet with money for redeeming captives. Thieves came to steal from him. And he took the wallet and gave it to them. And the person who gave him the money came to Rabah. And Patre and Rabah said he's exempt from paying Amal Abaye. But Abaye said, "Isn't he trying? Isn't is the case where a person saving himself with his friend's asset and he has to pay?" Abba told him the whole thing was for redeeming captives. They're trying to kill him over here, so he gave them the money. So the same thing. It's redeeming captives. Same idea. And the Gemara is another story. A person snuck in his donkey onto a boat. It's before the the rest of the people got onto the boat. Now, in the, while the boat was uh, was uh, sailing, the donkey started jumping, doing dangerous things, and the boat was going to drown. Now, a random person came, he pushed uh, the, the other person's donkey, it went into the river, and it drowned. So the owner of the donkey came in front of Rabah, he sued him, and Rabah, uh, he's exempt from paying. Why is he exempt? This person was saving himself from, with his friend's asset. Opposite, you should have to pay. Rabbi explained, This person who snuck in his donkey, his dangerous donkey, onto the boat, he's a rodef. He's trying to get, kill everyone else. He did something dangerous, and therefore, you're allowed, to, uh, you're allowed to kill it in order to save yourself. You're allowed to save yourself with that person's assets. And uh, the Gemara explains, Rabba goes with his reasoning, A person is chasing after his friend to kill him, and he broke things, whether it was his things, or whether it belongs to the person he was chasing, or another person, he doesn't have to pay for the for, for the objects he broke, because anyways, he's supposed to get killed. We know Rodef, his deen is that you're supposed to kill him. And the rule is, we give him the higher punishment, and he's supposed to get killed, no paying. And if a person is being chased, and he broke things that belong to the chaser, he's exempt. So the chaser's money is not more important than his body, meaning if you're allowed to kill the chaser himself, of course you're allowed to destroy his money. 
Aval shall call Adam but if the person who's being chased saved himself with someone else's assets, he has to pay for it. Because you're not allowed to save yourself with someone else's assets. Now, if a chaser was chasing after a person who's chasing, he was trying to save uh, the person being chased. And he broke uh, assets in the meantime. Whether it's the, 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 the assets of some the person being chased or someone else, Patur is exempt. Velo min hadin, and it's not lefi halacha ella. There is takat hachamim. Why? Sheim eata omer ken en lecha adam shematzil haviro min arodef. Because if you don't say he's exempt, then no one's going to save his friend from some from someone who's chasing him. If I know that if while I'm trying to save my friend, I'm going to be obligated to pay for whatever I broke, then I'm not going to save my friend. Therefore, Takanat Hachamim steps in and says, don't worry about it, just save your friend. You don't have to pay. Next, Mishnah. If someone stole a field from his friend and the river overflowed and destroyed it, the thief could tell the original owner, here's your field. Uh, this is what it is because a field cannot be stolen. And therefore, if there's any honest, he, the thief does not have to pay. Now, the Gemara starts with, by bringing a Brayta Tanura Banan. If someone stole a field from his friend, Ushtafana Hal, and the river overflowed and destroyed it, Hayav Lamid Lo Azar holds that, you, that the thief has to uh, get him a new field because there is considered stealing when it comes to, to, to land. Chachamim say land cannot be stolen. He just uh, tells him, here's your land back. Okay, the overflow, destroyed, too bad. And the Gemara asks, what's the foundation of the Mahloket? So the Gemara explains, Rabbi Lazar Darash, Rabbi Lazar is Doresh the Psukim in a way where we're adding and subtracting. Meaning when it says Vikihesh Bamitoni Lightest friend, that's a ribui, that's adding. Bipikadon in a deposit, miati subtracted. Then it says O Mikola Sheri Shaba Allah anything that you lied on, Hazar Veriba, then you add it again. The rule is riba o miat veriba. If you add it, subtracted, added. Riba hakol, you added everything. Okay, Umay Rabeh, so what do we add? Rabeh Komile. We we added everything that including land. So if he stole land, he has to pay, uh, he has to pay the double, the fifth, whatever the case applies. Now, general and specific. Now, when the pasuk says and he lied, that's that's a klal, that's a general. When it says the word pikadon, he was specific. Anything he lied on, he generalized again, and the rule is general, specific, general. You only you, you only learn that the the generals have to be like the specific. The same thing in the pasuk we were talking about something that is movable and it's worth something. Therefore, you have to return, you have to pay for anything that is uh, movable and is worth something. We're coming to exclude land that cannot be carried, cannot be moved. Again, we're excluding slaves because they were they were compared to, uh, to land. And we're excluding contracts, even though they can be carried in Gufan Mamun, but they're not worth money, they're just paper. 
בגמרא אקספלנס, ועד תניה גוזל את הפרה ושטפן נהר חייב להעמיד לו פרה, דברי רבי אלעזר וחכמים אומרים, אומר לו הרי שלך לפניך. Now, the Gemara tries to explain, that when we have, in the case of a cow that was washed away by the Rabbi Lazar goes according to his reason that land can be stolen and therefore the cow got stolen with the land and therefore uh, it's gone and therefore you have to get him another cow. And according to Rabbanan, land cannot be stolen, the cow can, it wasn't stolen and therefore you can tell him here is your cow, go get it from down the river. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen Amen.